And you're welcome back to the Super Super Bowl show on the Under Center podcast. A big thank you to Chris Brockman for taking the time to speak to us. Uh, by the way, uh, we will be releasing each interview from tonight's show in their own separate podcast and video on YouTube. So if there's any part of tonight's show that you miss, just head to our YouTube channel or our um or anywhere you get your audio podcasts, I should say, and um, just search under center podcast. You'll see the full list there. Um, so it'll be there for you too. The full show itself will be there if you want to listen to it in its entirety, or if you just want, like I said, separate interviews to, uh, to just catch up on. But uh, Fionn, I think, uh, I think it's time to welcome on our next guest. What do you think? Yeah, we got to keep this thing moving. We got to keep rolling. Got to keep rolling. That's it. And we are delighted to welcome current free agent kicker and punter um, to the show, uh, Tig Leader. Tyg, how are you, sir? Thanks very much for having me on with the, the big game on Horizon. Looking forward to, to chatting with you. No problem. Oh, we, we're delighted to uh, to have you on the show. Um, you are, of course, no stranger to um, sort of uh, NFL podcasts and Irish NFL shows and stuff like that. So um, there's definitely a lot to cover from Aaron. But the most important question I'm going to get out of the way first here, and that is, what is your Super Bowl Sunday routine? Are you a guy that likes to watch the game at home? Are you, do you bring over a couple of friends and watch it together? Do you like to go out to the pub? And then secondly, what is your Super Bowl food or snack of choice? Tough question to start with there. Um, I've been, the last probably six years now that I've been in the US, it's been like you know, going up in Ireland, kind of watching it, but not fully appreciating it. But now being, being located in the States, Super, uh, Super Bowl Sunday has usually been like just a massive gathering and a lot of beer, a lot of nachos. Um, and for most most of the time, I don't fully understand, like in years gone, I haven't fully understood what was necessarily happening on the, on the field. Um, so for this weekend though, in terms of, picking a winner, I think I'd definitely go with I want to, I'd love to see Cincinnati um, get the job done. A lot of that is down to uh, the fact that they drafted a kicker and he's been um, you know, he's worth his weight in gold the last few weeks. So I think it'd be a nice story to see that to see that kind of come to fruition. That's it. although I must confess though, uh, Evan McPherson, the kicker for the Bengals, has been uh, lights out in the playoffs so far for the team. In our previous section there, talking to Chris Brockman, I did say I am going to put a bet on him to miss a kick on Sunday's game. It's just one of those. It's just how the stars are aligning, and I think he's he's good for a miss this Sunday. He's put through. It's phenomenal, isn't it? And from like the playoffs and the, the distances he's been banging them over from. So, um, you know, it's, it's class to see. But no, I, I, I'm rooting for both both the kickers. But just as I said, the fact he was a young fella and he's drafted, which doesn't often happen with kickers. I think he's been definitely given the the kicking community a really good name, so kind of like to like to see that continue. Excellent. So, so tell me, um, what have you been uh, up to recently? I did see there in January you were doing a bit of a warm weather training down in the Canaries, and I must say I wasn't jealous at all. <laughs> um, I left the Canaries, but I relocated to uh, south of Spain, the mainland. So it's not, it's still, it's still grand. I can't, I can't complain. Um, yeah, just training away after after kind of finishing up in the European League. Um, I was back home for the first time in a long time. Um, back in Ireland, it was nice to be back. But just the training conditions weren't great in December. Um, so I kind of thought to myself, you know what? If I want to put myself in the best possible position, I'm going to try and find D1 
decent weather and that took me down to the Canaries. I wasn't prepared for the wind, um, which was a learning thing. So I, I could definitely improve my kicking in windy conditions because it was not it was not what I expected. But anyway, I've since now moved up here to Malaga, um, this kind of area. So here for a few weeks before heading home. So just train, training, kicking, um, do a few fueler projects for myself. But yeah, just main thing is just training and kicking and when the when the call does come for whatever the next thing is going to be, you just want to be as prepared as possible. So that's kind of why I took myself out here. Yeah. Although I do must say, I, I do have to say though, the, the one downside of your, um, your canary sort of promo kicking video was, um, you didn't have the dogs involved. Like you did at back at home in, in Galway. Um, I must ask, yeah. well, what are the dogs names? Yeah, and Hugo Hugo has been very popular. Um, after that, yeah, yeah, and I do miss him, but um, I think I can I can do without him for a little bit. But yeah, that's it's funny you say that because quite a few people he definitely he was the star of the show. I don't think anyone was really watching me kick at that point. <laughs> it was more so looking at the dog the dog running around. But I'm happy to share a bit of a bit of limelight with him. Well, his rush technique off the edge for one of those kicks was perfect as well. I must say, <laughs> that was great, wasn't it? That was because yeah. I was kind of just last second. I became a little bit of kind of aware. You're kind of very focused, but I wasn't expecting a rush. So that that was actually that worked out nicely. So no, he's he's put me in good place for for when the big fellas are coming off the edge trying to trying to get a hand to it. Tyke, we've been following you closely and, and we've really enjoyed it and rooted for you through every step. And it would be fantastic if you didn't make it to the league to have a, a true blood Irishman in the league. But for maybe any of our listeners that haven't necessarily picked you up, because we do we do get a couple of listeners over in the States and obviously over here in Ireland as well. Would you just walk us through maybe your CV just in terms of maybe the end of the rugby career and what you've done between now or between then and now? to kind of finish up when COVID hit I was playing over in the States in Major League Rugby and I started playing for the US national team so everything was good playing sailing I was happy and going, everything's going in a good direction and COVID, when COVID hit um, I'd, I'd been encouraged by a lot of people to try kicking um, kicking, punting uh, footballs but just never did because I was kind of in the rugby world and it was going well so never, never got around to it um, but also I didn't think much of it because yeah, I just ah, I just didn't want anything about it, really. That's the honest truth. Didn't want anything about it. And then just one day during COVID, started banging a few footballs on a on a pitch there. And uh, the guy that was with me was like a former uh, high school coach, so he kind of knew a bit of football. But anyway, he was impressed. And then people were kind of walking around the track, and the people stopped and come over and asked me like, "Who the hell are you? Like, what's is, you know?" They thought it looked half decent. So um, that was just over a year ago. And then I remember just, I just headed home, hopped on YouTube, started Googling all the NFL kickers to see kind of how do my distance, distances compare, things like that. And I met a guy called Nick Novak. Nick kicked in the NFL for quite a few years when I was playing rugby in San Diego. He actually came along to watch one of the games and we connected after the game. Um, so I then texted him and said, hey, I'm doing this. What do you think? And he was like, yeah, it looks good, but your technique is pretty terrible, but you can clearly bang it. So, uh, Kind of just started looking for different coaches in the in the northeast, and then that led to me uh, meeting a guy, John Carney, who played in the NFL for 24 years, um, legend of a man, very proud Irish heritage, Irish roots, sorry. And um, from there, just started training with train. My first day in training, I was training with Super Bowl winners. Uh, John Ryan punted the Seattle was Super Bowl, so when I moved out to San Diego, and it was good because I didn't know I didn't the fact that I wasn't a huge I supported football, but I wouldn't have known all the players. So it was cool to be rubbing shoulders with these lads, but not not fully understanding who they are, what they achieved, 
and I think that was a good thing because maybe I might have felt a little bit more uncomfortable or like I'm out of my depth. So uh, that with that training went really well, and then to kind of fast forward quickly, I ended up getting to play in the spring league, um, which is kind of like a feeder league to the to the NFL. It's it's guys that didn't get drafted or guys that were in the league and got injured, uh, and then the Irish fella. <laughs> there wasn't many of me, and um, that did, yeah, that was class. Played in Lucas Oil Stadium with the Colts, where you know full-time football for maybe eight, eight, 12 weeks. It was cool to be rubbing shoulders with lads that had played in the league and they couldn't they couldn't wrap their head around the fact that I'd never played the sport um, leading up to that first game, but it went well. And uh, after that, got the opportunity to head over to play in the European League of Football. So that was, um, I was based in Poland, most of the games in Germany or Spain. Uh, only Irish shot knocking around there as well. Surprise, surprise. So uh, did that and then that, that's... That was and it's another great experience. I just need to play games. So I got the opportunity to do that, kicking punts, went well. And then now I'm just kind of training, hoping that I can talk to some NFL teams, talk to some CFL teams. And there's a new league called the USFL that's uh, kicking off just after the Super Bowl. So another opportunity. XFL's coming around in a year's time. So just there's a few a few opportunities out there. So just trying to kind of you hope the phone rings essentially because that's kind of it. But that's a condensed version of, of where we're at. And I have a little follow-up question as well. I always feel like people on kind of both sides of the Atlantic, sometimes when they're when they're talking to each other, they I always feel like we play over here in the Irish League, not necessarily the level you've been playing at, but we have some experience in, in American football. And I feel like people slightly unfairly compare rugby to American football. I think they're pretty significantly different sports. But how how on the kicking side of things, how much of a difference instinctively did you feel just in the ball itself, not necessarily the setup or the run-up or the kicks, that they are vastly different to anyone who has watched the two sports, but the dynamics of the ball itself, was was that something you could naturally kind of understand or did that take a lot more tweaking than you were expecting? Smaller sweet spot, much smaller sweet spot on the football. So obviously that's even more dead in there. But in terms of kicking field goals, I it was actually, I caught onto that relatively quick. I caught onto that pretty quick um just kicking off kicking off the ground so i was lucky in that regard that you know if your foot to ball contact is good in rugby football and soccer you're going to get a decent punch out of the ball um but punting was a lot different because in rugby these days you don't really spiral the ball a whole lot whereas the expectation for nfl is everything everything's a spiral everything's a clean tight spiral so that that took a lot more kind of getting used to um so that, that was kind of my first dip, dip my toes into it. But then the more you do, you, you start to learn about operation times, how you have 1.2 seconds. You start to, on a field goal or on a punt, learning have around like 1.1 seconds to catch, mold the laces and get it off. And although, so that, you know, once you start progressing through it, you realize, oh, wow, this is not as easy as I probably thought it was sitting down watching a Super Bowl last year or two years pre-COVID, having a beer. And you see a guy missing, you think, ah, that's, that doesn't look too hard. You just got to kick it straight, don't you? And so once you once you throw yourself in there, you realize, all right, there's a lot going on. But thankfully, I guess the, the rugby background, oval shape ball definitely made the transition much smoother. But um, initially, I met a lot of gains. But then once you try and get into the game, the, actually, I met a lot of gains. But once you tried to actually play games and for me, I couldn't play in college. So I was trying to jump in at a professional level. And the tiniest of margins, the tiniest of margins have big differences. So you kind of have to learn how to, to deal with that. 
And what about coming off essentially the bench, right? The kicker in American football doesn't doesn't play except in really specific circumstances. You're obviously coming from the dynamic game that is rugby and you have to be on the pitch the whole time. How did you find that? Was it was it hard to get a rhythm in game? Did it did it change the the tension in the moment significantly? It just heightens every involvement because you have so few. Um, and there's, there's no makeups. You know, like I said, in rugby, you can miss a kick, but you might get three or four more. You can make a good tackle, pass, run, whatever. You don't, you don't get that opportunity um, as a kicker. So I think the first game, I remember sitting on the sideline the entire first quarter. I was hoping I'd get the kick off, but unfortunately we didn't. Um, so the entire first quarter goes by. I'm just drinking water, kicking a ball into a net, kind of like pretend I know what I'm doing. And then the entire second quarter goes by until there's maybe like seven seconds left. And then, you know, you just hear, field goal, field goal. They start shouting. And then just like things just hit the roof in terms of like my anxiety. Like things just, it got very real very quick. Um, and I've been thinking about that moment for so long because I was like, what's going to happen when I actually get on the pitch to take a kick? Um, and truth be told, blacked out. Don't fully remember it. I, I swear, I remember just getting back into my stance, into my kind of breathing. And then next second I looked up and the ball was, Thankfully, settled down the middle, and then it kind of felt like I just snapped back out of it again. So it was, it was really, it was really cool one. Thankfully, it went through. But um, yeah, one seven starts shouting field goal. It, it, it's probably unnecessary, but it definitely just adds like this kind of chaotic sense to the whole thing on the sideline, and everyone's looking and shouting. And it's like, well, the more games I've played, I realize like I, I'm, I know it's my turn to go on the pitch. So can you just relax? Um, although I, <laughs> once, although believe it, believe it or not, in the playoff game in Europe, I actually didn't. And uh, we can talk about that maybe a different time, but uh, anyway, yeah, it was. I thankfully I scored the kick, but I didn't realize we'd actually scored a touchdown. I thought we were stopped on the one, um, so yeah. Anyway, it went over, but uh, so it was, it's 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 chaotic. It's chaotic. It's chaotic. You just gotta as a kicker, you're like a golfer. You just get into your breathing. You just get into your own rhythm and um, just kind of get just ignore. They just ignore everything and just kind of come to you. Is is uh, is what I've learned, but um, it's it's yeah, it's. There's a lot happening, a lot of a lot of smack being talked, as they would say. I don't want to curse, you know, people shouting at you across the line, especially during COVID. There's no fans, so you can hear them very clearly um, what's going on. So, yeah, a great experience, great experience. Okay. It's definitely a post-watershed sort of show we'd have to have if we wanted to find out the sort of things that was said to you that day. <laughs> Not running on yeah. the pitch. Uh, but, but tell me, um, you mentioned uh, in previous interviews um, that you would watch all the sort of American football movies and play Madden and stuff like that. So I need to ask you, how much did you learn about kicking a football from watching Ace Ventura and making sure the laces are out? <laughs> Great question. I learned about laces being out um, whilst playing a game because the laces weren't out and I kicked it. I was like, geez, that felt different. Um, like I never experienced it. Then everyone started quoting that to me. And uh, maybe three or four months ago, I sat down and watched the movie and I really enjoyed it because I had a lot more context then. You know, if we watched it briefly, it wouldn't have got it. So, no, that's a great movie. And uh, laces, laces need to be out. That's a real thing. It's a real thing. <laughs> Do you would you have that sort of moment though if you see the ball being snapped and your holder has the laces in? Would you sort of have a re, not a, a crazy reaction, but would you sort of given them maybe a bit of a death stare? Maybe if afterwards saying like, "Listen, that's that that the laces were in on that." What what's going on? You have to because what I realized in the spring league was, and same the NFL, um, you get cut, <laughs> you get cut, and like. 
okay, your job's to put it through, but if, if your holder gives you laces or gives you a, gives you the wrong angle, the wrong lean, like that's is huge. Your sweet spot's been moved totally, so it's a compromise big time. So I've had laces out and I've missed one, but I've had laces or laces out and I thank you they they kind of got through, but um hundred <laughs> percent I was told that before John told me that, um Carly told me that like make sure you're on your holder because no one's going to know that he messed up the holes. Everyone can just see the ball going wide left. So, yeah, 100%, I learned. Like, I had a word and was like, you need to sort this out or you need to tell coach that you, you didn't get that down because, um, as I said, otherwise you're on a plane the next morning. So it's that's the kind of business side of it. And that was uh, that doesn't exist in rugby. Not like one bad performance, you're gone. So that was uh, mentally another world to, to, to deal with. Yeah. Um, and... Like you said, you mentioned you, you played both in the Spring League and, and the European League of Football. And it'd be interesting, what sort of comparisons could you make between the, the two leagues? Like, ha- have you seen the sort of quality over here in Europe? Sort of, you know, is it as far off as, like you're saying, I, with sort of undrafted guys? Are, is it getting closer? Yeah, good question, Nash. I would say... <clears throat> Lads, lads are a lot in the US who just like even just observing as I'd be doing on the sideline because you're just drinking water waiting. Um, but just observing, I think you know, lads have a, a, a natural, a lot more of a natural instinct and can react a little bit quicker in the US. But that's understandable, isn't it? It comes when you're playing the game from the age of five or peewee football. Um, was but I was impressed the European in the European League, just like lads are sponges for information, like in fairness to them. Um, I don't have to get too much information, just kick it straight. But a lot in the diff- different positions, um, the European guy is so keen to learn. Uh, and I've coached a lot in rugby, so I was just when I was standing back observing, um, it was it was good to see that. And I'd say overall, no, I'd say the, the level is um, the level I say is higher than what than what it's given credit for is, is what I'd say. I think you know in the US it's very much kind of just bigger and better, and that's the assumption across the board. When you know in reality, no, I think there's. I think the European leagues going to get a lot more respect. The more it keeps going, there's more ex-NFL lads coming over or kind of high-level college guys that didn't get picked up. So um, long, may that, long may that continue and hopefully maybe change the narrative a little bit around kind of football outside the US that like just because you're born in Ireland, like that doesn't mean you can't catch a ball or kick a ball, you know? So that's kind of, that's something I'm kind of dealing with myself now. I didn't play in college, so it adds, adds a layer of difficulty. But no, hopefully... Get a few more foreigners doing the good thing in the international pathway player program that's going on to try and um, you know open up people's eyes a little bit. So you, you don't have to be from Mississippi or Arkansas to, to play in the play in America. Yeah, and you, you mentioned the international pathway, um, and w- like you were mentioning earlier on, like we have a lot more leagues now coming up, like like the Spring League, the XFL, like you said, hopefully the uh, USFL, hopefully will be a, a success too, so there'll be more avenues for players that can't go through the college routes to, to sort of still have a chance and the in, the the way, the international pathway do, doesn't allow kickers at the moment, um, hopefully there's a change in that, I don't know, have you heard anything about possible changes to the programme to, to give you a shot? I don't think it's a sexy enough position um, to be doing that, to, to truth be told. Um, to kind of talk to the to people in there, but no, they don't carry kickers. Um, I, I genuinely think that's a big part of it. Because, you know, you know they, make the, they make the show about it and there's kind of on the, the, the NFL network, whatever it may be. And I think in reality, if I was, I'd just be over in the corner stretching and then kicking the ball to an edge. So it's probably not, you know, the most 
riveting kind of TV to get. But I think, but but it's an obvious position, right, for for lads to make an impact um, pretty quickly. It, it's kicking because it's so obvious to me being over in the US just how natural we are with our we Irish people. We are with our feet. Um, even coaching rugby and I coach kicking and just guys just coach like their swing, their mechanics were just not a thing they're used to doing um, with their feet. So so much scope there for for kind of Europeans or other countries to make an impact in kicking. And hopefully the program does change, but unfortunately for now, um, it's it's not an option. So just it's just there's a lot of doors kind of, but you just, you just gotta find another way, right? Hence, hence why I probably ended up in Poland. You just gotta there's not a whole lot of leagues to play in. And so, if one if one gives you gives you a chance, and especially having not played in college, you know, like that's one of the first questions you get asked is where did you play in college. So I don't have a good answer to that. Um, so you just try and find you just trying to find ways in. But the program is great, though. It is great. Fair play to what they're doing. And obviously, selfishly, you love to be involved. But uh, for what it is, what it is doing, it, it, it is helping the game globally. And um, I think you know, there's a few lads actually making legitimate impacts. I think there was their fullback with the Pats. Um, I think his name, but yeah, I think there's a few guys that are actually playing week in, week out. So you hope that again that starts to change the narrative a little bit around international football and what uh, players can do. So, Tig, obviously, the ultimate goal is the NFL, and we all have our fingers crossed we might see it in there one day. Can you tell us, and we don't want to compromise any maybe free agent negotiations, can you tell us have you got a favorite team in the NFL or maybe a favorite? landing spot you'd like to get to given your free edge you can go and talk to any of these teams where will be your favorite spot at the moment obviously the first thing is whoever wants me come to come just give me a shout but like he answered the question properly i pats i was always big into the pats always big into the pats and that's where i first started kicking was um 10 minutes from foxborough i was literally just down the road and um, so I think that's I think that's cool. And Nick Folk, the kicker there, he's he's probably on in his last season. If he is even if he is playing next season. Um, but then the more I've started playing, the more I realised, you know what? I'd love to end up in a team that has a dome. Because just get rid of the elements because it's so as you can imagine, kick and punt, and it's so crucial. So Pat's always a big fan of the Pats. Um, but yeah, beggars can't be choosers. So I'll I'll, I'll go where I'm sent. Excellent. So um, we're going to sort of wrap up things here, uh, Tyg, now in a second. Um, you mentioned earlier on that you're hoping for a sort of uh, a, a Bengals win. I think the Cinderella story, I think, has captured everyone's sort of emotions um, this year. But look, listen, thanks so much for taking the time to speak to us. We really appreciate it. Um, we hope that uh, we can see you back in one of the, the leagues that we mentioned uh, soon. If not the USFL, then maybe... The, the European League of Football then if not maybe the Spring League but but listen best luck with, with all the training hopefully we, we get to see you on the pitch again really soon Gallin and um, yeah fair play for what you're doing as well keep keep growing the game around uh, Ireland and the own traditional territories hopefully everyone's kind of trying to bring the game players media etc and the Americans can probably maybe respect, respect what we're doing on this side of the pond and it would be a great thing so cheers for having me and fair play to you no problem, no problem. And if by March um, you're still looking to have a kick around, I think uh, we're looking for a kicker on the North Dublin <laughs> Pirates. So you can uh, can hop back over to Dublin for a couple of months from March if you want. Yeah, unfortunately, the pay there is about with Snickers. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's more than being offered at the moment, lad. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant stuff. Listen, Ty, once again, thanks so much for taking time. Hope you hopefully enjoy the game uh, on Sunday over there in, in Malaga. Just wondering, would, would there be any pubs or anything shown it over there? 
say they'll, they'll be, I'll, I'll find somewhere, find somewhere local. Although, what, what time? Well, it's in LA, so the time, geez, the time. Be... I think it's a half anyway, 12 kickoff Spanish time. Half 12 kickoff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure there'll be, I'm sure there'll be a few heads knocking around watching it. Um, yeah, no, it'll be good. I'm looking, look, looking forward to it. I haven't watched, I haven't since I've come out here, I haven't watched a full game since we got to Spain just because time, the time difference and just moving around. But now I'm looking forward to kind of watching this and, uh, yeah, it'd be great to see one of the kickers step up and and then bang it through. I like, honestly, the kicking community, McPherson, like Lazar, yeah, everyone's loving him just because um, you know kickers are usually kind of off to the side. And the fact, he, again, you're saying the fact he was drafted, uh, we're hoping that that's kind of will do a lot for we'll do a lot for kickers, and hopefully an Irish might want an Irish fella somewhere on the line. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed, and maybe his name might be Tig Leader in the future. We'll see. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Listen, we are we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be speaking to former Munster and Ireland player uh, Tommy O'Donnell. 